Hey everyone, and a huge welcome to the Dedicate Podcast, the wellbeing podcast to help you to get the most out of your life. We discuss health, fitness, relationships, self-love and body image, mental health, motherhood, and more. Hey, Ivy here, your host of the Dedicate Podcast. We are up to episode four of season three already. Seriously, I don't know where the time goes. Today, I am chatting to the wonderful Pip Cameron. When I first met Pip, because she lives only about 45 minutes from me, she was a new Dedicate member, a mother, a former teacher, farmer's wife, and station cook. She's now also a published author and a social media influencer. We discuss her journey and how she turned her job as a station cook into a business, as well as some interesting rural topics, including what it means to be a farmer's wife. How are you? Oh, God, excuse the morning look. I'm yet to have a shower, but I was oh. like, no one's going to see it. What? There's nothing wrong with the morning look. We need to stop worrying <laughs> about the morning look. All right, so you've just dropped the kids at school? Yes, they're away for the morning. I said that and I thought, hold on a minute, what have you already achieved before you've dropped the kids off? Yeah, that's a bit insane too. So no, this morning I have made I have made a big batch of mutton and barley soup and a big batch of scones. I've made three packed lunches plus the two children's packed lunches. I have started getting up early and I will tell anyone that wants to listen. So I've got a microphone in front of me. So you guys have to hear. <laughs> I've been getting up early at 5.30 and it has changed everything for me. But previously mm. I was up at 6.30. And yeah might scroll Instagram and say, oh my goodness, Pip's already made <laughs> all these things. Same. What yeah. time do you have to get up to cook the food for the workers? No, so I get up just sometime after five, but I, I choose to cook then. Um, well, this Actually, this morning it all had to leave by 7am, but quite often I choose to cook then so that it doesn't interrupt that time with the kids. Otherwise, it just turns into yeah. um, bedlam. Bedlam oh, if I I'm bet. trying to create and and trying to get them to eat breakfast. So I like to be sort of all done, half cleaned up by the time they get out of bed. Yeah. Yeah, so I can imagine, did you have to um, work that out? Like, did you try and do it all at once and then go, oh, no, this isn't going to work? Yeah, when the children were, were young, like babies and preschoolers and things, um, I would get up at 7 o'clock with them and we'd lounge about in our um, you know, pajamas and whatnot. And then I just found it turned into this hectic rush at about 8.30 to try and create Smoko and get it out the door by 9.30. And you're sort of, you know, chucking boots and hats and jumpers on kids. And um, yeah, I just didn't turn into a good mum. No, we've all been there. We've all been there. And we, I mean, I'm sure you still go there some days as well. We are oh, like, yeah. okay. <laughs> how am I managing all you're not this? Not normal. You're not normal if you don't have a moment. <laughs> so I'm thinking, let's go back before we sort of delve into more of you know what you do now. Um, how long have you been on the farm? Yeah, we've been home on the station probably just over six years now. Okay. Yeah. And so, did you grow up on a farm? I grew up in a rural area, but I yeah. grew up on seven acres. Seven okay. Acres. Yeah. And actually, it was a wee corner property and, and nestled between all my really good friends that I grew up with who were on farms. So, had that upbringing. Whereabouts um, was that? It was in Herbert, just, just below. Oh, on the yes, I know. Yeah. yeah. On the coast there. So, on the coastal side. Yeah. Yeah. So, had that, that, that community spirit, had that rural upbringing. Yeah. Um, what did yeah. your parents do for work? 
Yeah, so my dad was a plumber. Yeah. My, and he traveled into town each day and my mum drove the school bus. Yeah. And um, and then she actually had about, I think she had about six sours and um, raised little wiener pigs as a wee pocket money. Oh, cute. Awesome. Was cute? Yeah. yeah. Um, my mum had a sort of wee little side job like that too. Like that money when, That's you know, right. for our parents then would have just given them so much freedom. You're right. That's what paid for hockey tournaments. It's mm. what paid for, I don't know, school shows. It was so, you know, dad's yeah. income went mortgage and whatnot. And yeah. 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 It's probably, you know, a whole nother topic that I didn't even think we'd, we'd cover today, but just something I think about a bit is that um, for women, when they aren't the main breadwinners or looking after the kids at home, you really lose a sense of control and sort of power when you're not the one making money but um you're right yeah right and and as much as it's not a competition sometimes it can feel like one or there's guilt that seeps in because um you know you yourself might need a new pair of runners but Mm -hmm. you're not the one earning the the main income and that's those wee sorts of things yeah that you've got to sort of you find yourself justifying the purchase when you know it's it's just what's happening in this part of life. Yeah. yeah. I'm thinking I might even make that another um, podcast topic sometime, talk to someone about really financial one. freedom and you yeah. know, motherhood and financial issues and stuff like that. And not feeling guilty and mm. it is a partnership. And, yeah. Um, yeah. And it's I don't one. know, you, like yourself, sometimes now my pocket money it's more than the pocket money that we allocated ourselves off Joe's income and you're yeah. probably same now as well. And so it's amazing how the tides turn and and then you actually realise that it doesn't matter. It just goes all in the same place anyway. It does. But I've my experiences with that have been that I have got some power back, some more voice. Yeah. And oh, yes, yes. Yeah. yeah. In the relationship dynamics and the day-to-day running yeah. of household and decisions and what I can buy and all, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. There's, that actually would be a really good podcast. Yeah. Okay. Well, I will do it. Yeah. We'll do it. So back to you. And so you grew up in Herbert. Did you go, where did you go to school? Yeah. So I went to school in Oamaru at Waiteki Girls. Yeah. Um, so I was a bus girl. Um, so I think I was on the bus for an hour and a half each morning. And I think- oh, whoa maybe an hour in the afternoons yeah it was sort of like that first on so you had to do the whole yes. bus run actually my the- kids go one oh. way on the bus in the mornings here yeah. and we're, we're 10 minutes north and they're on the bus for an hour nearly an hour yeah just we're the, 10 the way minutes that it away. yeah so that sort of hindered a few things like we we're talking about financial burdens before so it was one of those ones where we were always told one summer sport one winter sport yeah. because you logistically just couldn't mm. be in and out of town so what did you yeah. play so I was a tennis girl for the summer and yeah. hockey, hockey through and through. Yeah. <laughs> oh, we, we can go at war over that. <laughs> I'm a netball girl. And then you went to Teachers College? Yeah, in Dunedin. Oh, in Dunedin, fun, fun, fun. And then you yes. went teaching. And how did you meet Joe? Oh, like the classic rural story. I met Joe in the Kurau pub after, <laughs> after the Kurau races oh, one summer. Oh, how perfect, how perfect. <laughs> Yeah. yeah. How old were you? Uh, I was 26 and 26. Joe was 23. Oh, 
the plot yeah. thickens. Yeah. <laughs> it's not often that it's not usually that way around, is it? It's normally the, um, the man is a couple of years older or around the same age. Yeah, and do you know... 23 is quite young when you're 26. So young. We, yeah, when you're 26, you think, oh, God. But do you know, leading up to that, I'd always gone for the older ones. And yeah. so, you know, that, this must have been what worked. Yeah. And did you know, you, you wouldn't have known straight away that he was younger? Uh, what did you find yeah, out that he, night? Oh, he's he's got a fresh face. Yeah, no, I knew him. <laughs> so he could have looked 16. Not quite. <laughs> Whatever floats your boat, Pip. Good on you. <laughs> <laughs> and then you didn't move back to the farm straight away. It was um, no. Joe was a pilot. Yeah, Joe was a pilot. Um, okay, I can see and, some some appeal there. Pilots. That's that's quite attractive. Yeah, in the Kura part of the conversation. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So we spent some time living in Melbourne and then living in Christchurch while he flew for Jetstar. Wow. And so yeah, yeah a full blown pilot, you know. There's like yeah. a commercial pilot. Oh yeah, commercial pilot and yeah. flying airbuses and we live the the dream of the pilot family in the sense that you know, staff travel and we made use oh, of wow. it. Like we, we both traveled separately and then yeah, we just really made the most of, of great staff travel and saw cool. where did world. you go? So actually a really good friend of mine who's Scottish was getting married. So we sort of based a really big trip around getting to his wedding in Scotland. So we went back to Europe and we did six weeks floating around. Um, what did we do? Austria, Switzerland, Germany, France, Italy, and then across to Scotland. And you can't go to the UK without a couple of days in London. You're, no, you can't. <laughs> you just got to do it. So yeah, and then, and then back out and home again. And then we did oh, trips. Home as in to- Melbourne. Mel- back to Melbourne and then yep. it's just Singapore where nothing and mm. you know we'd come home and Bali Fiji. no Fiji he flew to Fiji a couple of times a month so we're, oh, cool. we're yeah oh man the good old days the good old days <laughs> <laughs> I know pre-children oh no actually we had Flora we had Flora while we're still living that life we were six she was six months old oh, when we right. time. oh cool yeah. and was um Joe's plan always to move home or wasn't sure you know what how did that all you know play it, out? Was, it was always sort of floated and there was no pressure at all to come home mm-hmm. um I think though when we just sorry does Joe have siblings yes has one sibling a sister Olivia okay yeah, and she lives in Christchurch with her two beautiful children and husband yeah which um yeah so it was and both children were always encouraged to go off and and find careers and and then make a decision mm-hmm. um I think when we had Flora though we started to discuss that life of where do we want our children to grow up yeah um what were our values that we wanted them to have or for us to install in them and it always came back to that rural upbringing of you know open open skies you know kids playing mm-hmm. um that good old Kiwi intuition it's um, sort of the innocence of it too, isn't it? It's, it is all about the innocence and it's also about how robust they are. And mm-hmm. actually I just heard a really cool quote the other day and it was about letting children do dangerous things carefully. And mm. I think that's something that yeah. rural communities do yeah. really well. And I think that's why we do so well as a nation when we go overseas that we're, yeah. we've just got something to us that doesn't make us run you know it's that yeah fright. yeah resilience it is and I just love that quote about 
letting children do yeah. dangerous things carefully. Yeah, not afraid to try new things sort of approach, don't we? Yeah, or like you know yourself, you look out the window some days, I'm sure, and be like, shit, what are they doing? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Where are they? Yeah, it's quiet. Yeah. 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 We actually got the kids walkie-talkies, and that actually worked out really well. Oh, yeah, we, I saw that. And you can't hear them or see them. That's Sometimes so cool. So like, they go off exploring and you keep in yeah. touch. Cool. Yeah, just do a wee, yeah. Are you okay? Over? That is very cool and very um, station life too. Yeah, it is. And I know. At Glentana, that, that's how they used to used to communicate through radios. Yeah. Do they? Um, do the boys still do that on the farm? Yeah, we do. So I've got a RT that sits on top of my fridge. And girls probably got some female yeah. employees yeah. as well. Yeah, we do. It's quite funny though. It just rolls off the tongue, you know, the boys. It does, it does, it does. But we, yeah. Yeah, we need to work on that because it's still yeah. create that it man's does. world type. Yeah, so now I can hear what's going on for the day. I can hear if it's going good or not. Sometimes, <laughs> sometimes, sometimes you turn it down. I was going to say, sometimes <laughs> you might turn it off. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah, when I first met you, you were a dedicate yeah. member. Uh, you still are, but you... Um, you were a dedicate member. Um, obviously, you'd been a teacher. You're a mother. You're a station cook. You. Well, that's how I became the dedicate member. That's that's sort of how it all rolled into one. Because okay. I, I became the station cook after my mother-in-law passed away, and I had I had a five-month-old and a not quite two-year-old. Oh yeah. no, I had she had just turned two. Yeah. So and, talk us through. Sorry, first, what yeah. being a station cook means, and then bring yeah. us into. The journey of it, yeah. Right, so we sort of hear a bit traditional, but at the same time, that tradition is what creates the culture. So, so how big's the farm, and where is it? Sorry, yeah, for those that don't know, that as well. Um, (laughs) So we're forty thousand hectares in Automatata in the Waitaki Valley, um, and it's called Automatata Station. Um, All the locals call it Oti, but like you say about, (laughs) you know embracing the female culture within the agricultural sector it's sort of the same as it, we've got to get better at pronouncing names don't we yeah yeah so that's where we are yeah and um at the moment we've just oh, say goodbye to a casual but we've had three shepherds we've got a stock manager my husband my father-in-law and then we've got another property with a stock manager and a tractor driver so there's yeah. a lot of staff and and when I say we've got I'm saying that from the perspective of Joe, my husband is his father-in-law owns the property, yeah. and we work here, but we we don't own it, and we and so it's. You um, said his father-in-law. You mean your father-in-law, his father, Joe's oh, father? Yeah, sorry, I just mixed it up. My father-in-law. Yes. Yeah. So it, it, from from the perspective that we call it home, and we and we talk about it um, being our staff, but yeah, it's it's one of those things that you know, if you've got a rural audience now, the succession planning and all the rest yeah. of it. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So then, when my mother-in-law died, um, really suddenly, I had two very small children. Um, her role was was cooking, and so we. And it was so so tragic life. when when she oh, passed. It was, it was yeah. so incredibly unexpected. Um, so young, just a, it was just a tragedy. Yeah. So, yeah, and that's one of those things though that we were so close to sharing, and we share here for a really long time. I think we share all up just on 30 days, which takes nearly you know, sort of two and, a, two and a half months to complete. So you just sort of had to muck straight, straight in. But with that came the bad habits sneaking in. So 
I think I explained to you once, I was like, you know, you'd get up, you'd bake, you had small children to feed and you had Smoko to get to. Yeah, but first of all, was that a big deal for you or had you always been interested in cooking? Like if I suddenly had to do that, it would take a bit of learning for me. Actually, quite luckily, while I was off exploring in my young 20s, I actually cooked on a um, really large station in um, Western Australia. So it was 163,000 acres. Oh, wow. And it was all grain. I had a few sheep. And um, so they had 10 staff for seeding and harvesting. And so then they would have a cook come on and and cook for them. So, yeah, so I had a bit of experience. Nice. And so was this before or after you met Joe? Before Joe, I was going to say, because that would have been – him being a pilot would have been a big thing for you in the Kura pub, but you having been a station cook would have been a big, a big tick in the Kura pub. Tick. <laughs> I don't know if that came up. <laughs> yeah, so that's that's sort of all how it, yeah, I had the experience and then um, I found myself eating scones for breakfast. Yeah. I found myself. It's there, it's made, it's delicious. It's it made. gives you it ener- instant energy. Yeah. Yeah. And then of course you would, and there's nothing wrong with a scone, but when you're eating a delicious date scone smothered in butter, you know, three yeah. times a week for breakfast. And, and it's like that, that you're missing out on nutrients when you're yeah. having that instead of things that you great things and you I could be having for breakfast. Also just not prioritizing time for me. Whereas yeah. the girls would be out walking every afternoon, you know, all those sorts of things, all of a sudden time had gone. And yeah, I just needed something to motivate me after, you know, starting yeah. to get that, that frumpy mum look. Yeah. And it's, it's not just, I mean, there's the look, but it's, it's, you feeling oh, like a frumpy feeling. mum. You're feeling frumpy. Oh, you're feeling not yourself, low in energy. Exactly what it is. And that frumpy just doesn't mean shape. It means that sluggish feeling. Yeah. It's that, and the way you um, hold your shoulders because you're not feeling that confident and energized. Yeah. And yeah. It is. It's all of those things. Yeah. And you, you're not putting effort into, into how you feel. So therefore, it's not reflecting outwards. Yeah. And it's one of those things too that for me, it was um, I saw a photo of myself mm-hmm. and I didn't realize how bad I had let myself get yeah you didn't recognize who you were saying I didn't recognize myself I like you say I was slumped over I had no posture um I obviously had no stomach muscles um and and that's where I was just like whoa yeah we've got to do something about this yeah just state of well-being yeah and you'd been previously quite an active person I remember you saying you've done marathons or something yeah, some running in the past yeah so I used to do a lot of adventure racing so I did the coast to coast a couple of times wow. I as an individual just two days never did the one day I used to do um like the gold rush events that used to go through um central all those lovely and heaps of mountain bike mountain biking mountain bike races and um to me that was that was my adventures weekend mm. fun yeah um, and you know train in the morning before you go to work, train when you get home to, um, yeah. And then I did a couple of halves closer to kids. Yeah. And, and while living away in cities and things like that, I would have personal trainers and gyms. It's, and that sometimes 
can be something when people move home or not home but move to a rural area or a farm um those luxuries I'll call it a luxury Mm -hmm. of having those amenities at your fingertips or the choice of three different gyms or whatever yeah um, they disappear Mm. yeah and I've found in my life it's when my life changes that I forget about looking after myself and forget about exercise because it doesn't just happen. You have to make it happen. You have to get in a good routine. That's so right. it's it's the access and it's also that change. You had a new life. You had young yeah. kids. You were suddenly throwing this new important job. Um, and I mean, there was food at your fingertips. So I can't imagine anyone who wouldn't have been in the same situation as you in that situation. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, and it's those things. And when you're sleep deprived as well, like you've got a small human who was still up several times a night, like a five month old still being fed in the night. Mm-hmm. Yeah, those those be things that, um, yeah, you, you you think, well, I need to fuel my body because I've got to feed a child, but at the same time, wasn't thinking about what I was fueling my body with. No, yeah. no, no. Um, it's well, you know, you just you were up early, bed late, yeah. other yeah. people to think about. Yeah. yeah. Another thing I'm, I marvel at, because I do marvel at, at, at what you do, is the planning that goes into it. You know, there's no waste with any of your food. It's, so do you sit down at the start of the week and plan everything out? Or is it kind of like just this, it's all, all in your mind and you've just got this yeah. way of knowing what's in the cupboard and what can go with what. It's kind of like a practiced art that you're... Or it's or it's a it's a learnt art. I, I don't plan anything. I have a yeah. rough idea in my head, so I know what I'm going to order in my groceries and things. But I think like going back to that upbringing. So sorry, um, did you say you you don't even have a list when you go to the groceries? No, 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 I don't. Wow. Yeah, I think though this far on, I know sort of roughly what I need each week. Yeah. And and things like that, but yeah, going yeah, going back to my and you sorry, and you make the most of freezer space and storage and yeah. Yeah. So if you did buy too much or not enough, you've got stuff, you've got backups, you've got definitely yeah. And when I cook, um, when I bake, I do everything in double batches always. Mm -hmm. So two loaves, two cakes, two whatevers. I always put one half in the freezer, yeah, and then um, so do you ever go. Oh, shit, I've got so much stuff. I don't need to do anything today. Yeah, and that's such a nice feeling. And I leave yeah. those days for when somebody tells me very late at night what is needed the next day. And you're like, yeah, yeah you bastard. That's not what I had yeah. planned. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, or those ones where your parent help or I still a bit of, do a wee bit of relieving and things. And so, yeah, I would just whip those out on those mornings. So, yeah, I don't plan to use those, but. Um, so I keep the stock regular, but yeah, they're great for those random days. Yeah. yeah which is yeah. really good. Yeah. And you were saying back to your childhood? Oh, it was just, yeah, just that whole, like no waste. So mm-hmm. obviously money was tight growing up and I watched my mum create meals out of nothing. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what sort of also here, also budget in mind with the farm and feeding so many people that it's that same thing. Um, just you know, making sure that you can use something. Mm-hmm. You know, stale bread gets turned into mouse traps. Leftover mashed potato gets made into a topping on a cottage pie. Mm-hmm. Um, it's all those resources. Oh, leftover porridge gets made into buns. 
it's those wee sorts of things and then they're so um, like how do you keep track of it all I suppose that's what you're doing it's like me keeping track of all the workouts and stuff that are going onto the platform and who's doing what it's it's your job to keep track of it as opposed to me who I've like been doing my my job all day and then pick up the kids and I'm like oh crap I, that's right I saved mashed potato a couple of days ago but we haven't used yeah. it and it goes in the bin and it's like oh I'm that person that will chuck mashed potato in the freezer and, and it reheats yeah. perfectly <laughs> those sweet sorts of things yeah but yeah. if I put it in the freezer, then it might stay in the freezer for a couple of years. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So do you, you know, ever you dig to the bottom of your freezer it. and find random things or no, oh, you're all, all over time. everything that's in it? No, all the time. And it'll be ducks. It's always a duck at the bottom of the yeah. freezer. <laughs> <laughs> and then it will get round to May and they bring home more ducks. Yeah. And you're like, there are still six, still six ducks <laughs> in the freezer. We don't need any more. <laughs> But, what can you make um, with duck duck muffins yeah, duck muffins oh, <laughs> no, i actually just usually turn it into a curry yeah, yeah. duck is delicious and i was just being it silly delicious it is delicious and joe's actually being told now that when he comes home not to bring home whole ducks just to bring home the breasts and then we just thinly slice them and marinate them and cook them and that's the best yeah bit. awesome yeah yeah so all the time you're fine tuning how, how you do it like any business oh, yeah. you know That's your kitchen it. is your business it has become my business Who yeah especially it? with the now you're a published author social media <laughs> inf influencer I wish we could have a different word for that but I mean so essentially you are a social media influencer but um, this makes you cringe a little bit doesn't it it does like, yeah well, I don't know is it because our perception of an influencer is a fully made up Yes, um, I think it is. We are bouncing around. And yeah, and no just just posing, and you're following them, and you're liking their posts, and you're not sure yeah. what they do or why they've got followers yeah. or what's going on. Kate yeah. could probably tell you all now, the listeners, that um, I look very far from. The, oh, <laughs> the, you're just you're, you're you're just like me. We're just just cruising down to earth, everyday yeah. people. Yeah. And do you know? I think that's maybe one of the aspects to why the Instagram has been a success is that yeah um half the time I've got one eyebrow here sticking up in the air <laughs> or I've got um yeah or I've just got, I've got flour on my top or yeah. I'm wearing a really scruffy farm top mm. whatever and it's I think that's more relatable sometimes. yeah well that's how we all look at home isn't it it is and I don't plan that it's just that I'm going <laughs> I don't plan don't it. it right I'm gonna <laughs> stick one eyebrow today I'm gonna throw some flour on my top I'm gonna find the worst jersey in the cupboard <laughs> that's exactly it and then I'm gonna put like a bright pink thermal under it and <laughs> imagine if you did plan it that would be that would, would be, be something hilarious. else yeah. yeah um and so you started your page what's for smoko yeah and it was instantly successful did you imagine it was going to be as successful as it is it is? No, it seriously was um, like I would take Snapchats of what I had made for Smoko for my friends and just yeah. be like, check this out. And then they're like, oh, can we have the recipe and mm. so forth. So I was like, well, maybe I'll start an Instagram page and then I can take a photo and put the recipe underneath. And then your so friends, friends can just grab it easily and grab it easily yeah. from there and go back to it. And then, yeah, it just grew. Isn't that amazing? But do you know what it tells you? It tells you that. People before this would have told you that somebody cooking on a farm 
um, in a rural area, they would tell you it was, you know, backwards or boring, um, yeah, or sexist or boring. Oh, I see what you mean. We're going, yep, yeah, 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 that, and then it just shows you that there are a lot of people doing that. And so that's when I was like, you know what, we need to turn this around on its head because we all know how important that role is in that situation and that team environment. And without that scone in a cup, there is no conversation. Yeah. Um, without that person running to town to do those errands, then there is no drench. You know, yeah. it's, it is a vital role. And I was like, right, well, we've got to stop, you know, hovering over the occupation section of mm-hmm. a questionnaire going, what do I write down? What am I? Am I a mum? Am I a farmer's wife? Am I a... And it's just like, no, yes. you're a farmer, right yes. down farmer. I did want to talk to you about that, about what yeah. it means to be a farmer's wife and is that word still appropriate? And Do you know, I think it is because yeah. I am a wife. I am yeah. Joe's wife. I, you know, if you wanted to get into all of that, that's what I associate with. I My pronouns are she and her. Yeah. And so that is me. And um, but I'm like, rather than make it a negative turn, I'd yeah. like to think that I've helped make it a more positive one because people can actually totally. see that it is a, it's a, it's a job. It is. But I think it must have originated because it is a job. I mean, we, we, we don't go, go around saying, oh, they're a builder's wife or they're an no. accountant's <laughs> wife. Like a farmer's wife yeah. is almost, is an occupation. It's a job. It's a it term is. we use because yeah. it is a job and it's intense. And um, yeah, and you know, yeah. some people, um, I think only the people that don't know what it entails, so it's be the people that don't do the job, are the ones that are probably degrading that, saying, oh, don't mm-hmm. call yourself that. Because yeah. it's a little bit like our other halves running, or any farm, a multi-million dollar business. You don't see that in the in the cash return, but that's mm-hmm. you know that's what floats around the books. And, and, and if you think of another person running a business, you know, they'd be wearing a suit, beautiful yes. shoes walking down a street carrying a briefcase yes and they've got one role whereas that's interesting someone family. said to me the other day they find it fascinating they'll turn up to a meeting with like an american business yeah. person and yeah. they're not turning over the money that a farmer could be no and they're all in their suits and stuff and the farmers just rock up just have a yarn and their boots and yeah and they're, free and they're not aware yeah probably of what they're actually doing and achieving and and that's it they do it they're working a whole day outside which is the bit that they love and that's what they're there for and then they're sitting down with the books with the computer just doing those roles that those other ones are doing during the day and it and it amazes me and so then that you think about the role that the farmer's wife or farmer's partner takes on Mm. they're the ones that are helping lessen that burden so they are also doing some of those you know the book jobs or in, in my case, it's Mark's having to fend for himself. So he has to come in and cook his own lunch and do his own books. And, and it's funny you say that because so does Joe. So yeah. Joe doesn't have dogs and he, he's not a shepherd. Obviously, he was a pilot before this. And so coming into that role, it didn't suit him. So he does all the arable stuff. So he does all the pasture. He does all the tractor work. He's the one that decides what seed goes in the ground. What fruit do we use? Do we mm. use a mix? Do we not? So that's his role. And so all my food leaves the house for our shepherds. And Joe has to cook his own lunch too. Yeah. <laughs> so, oh, that's classic. Everyone, everyone okay, good. 
Oh, you know, you must be one of the most well-fed husbands. <laughs> and so it's like, I never see it. <laughs> oh, my goodness. This has just made my day. Isn't it silly? I shouldn't have been feeling negative about myself because I don't cook my husband no. lunch. I mean, there's no reason why I should have to get yeah. stop what I'm doing with the kids or stop what I'm doing with my work just to cook him lunch when he's got two hands and he's perfectly He's a great cook. He likes cooking. He's a great cook. I've seen some of his cooking on your <laughs> yeah. Instagram. He's good. Yeah. yeah. Something that I would like to talk about is there's such traditional roles and the negativity that can sometimes be mm-hmm. seen through that. But then yeah. there's also the negativity towards women who aren't doing that traditional role but are on a farm sometimes. So it's yeah. it's kind of like you can't win. You can't some days, and you're right. And I think also too traditionally people on farms are quite reserved and so for someone like myself or even yourself who spend their day looking into a camera we sometimes perhaps may get the you know the look yeah (laughs) it's interesting Mm. but I think the tides are turning aren't they and something that's really amazed me about the rural sector is the young women in it yeah whoa yeah amazing it is amazing and it used to be when when I was in my early 20s the women that were in that were that were working on farms were the tomboy types yeah there's absolutely nothing wrong with that but there were the tomboy types now it is every type of woman you can think of exactly they they they, they're dressed up and glamorous in the weekends and then they're tailing and working hard on the farms during the week and incredibly fit, so strong. And yeah. do you know, we love having um, a, a female on staff because they add they add a different, softness isn't the right word, but when it comes to stock yeah. and things like Compassion, that. Compassion maybe. It, I don't know, it just, it's a bit calmer. Nurturing. Yeah, nurturing. It's just, um, you know, the, the noise isn't so abrasive sometimes. Mm-hmm. And there's always good laughter, good banter. Um, It's great to have females on staff in what is, as you say, traditionally that role for a tomboy or a boy or, yeah. Yeah. It's just nice to see that tide turning. And as you say, that perception of a female worker is no longer one we would have, as you say, grown up with in our 20s. Yeah, and um, I was talking to someone the other day who has is taking over the lease of her family farm and then yeah. her partner is helping her with it Yeah, rather than and, the other way around, you know, which is really cool to see yeah. as well. But obviously we've got two daughters and everyone, I, I don't think I've ever had a conversation with somebody who's called in to have a couple or whatnot say to us, oh, did you not want to try for a boy? Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. oh no, we wanted two children. Yeah. Oh, to be honest, I could have had, I could have filled a minivan, but Joe wanted two children and there was no yeah. moving on that. <laughs> but, um, but two children was, was his ideal situation. And, and that comes from a lot of things. That comes from um, a large farm and succession planning. And Joe's strategic. He didn't want to be thinking about, um, you know, what a mess that could be with mm-hmm. several. And, sort of thing and then um and that side of it of two is it's still your blood it's still your yeah. blood and if the girls want to continue farming it is that that's that's still them that that's their heritage is still within them just because yeah. they're female doesn't mean it's not theirs and yeah. and if they don't 
then they'll also get the same opportunities that Joe and his sister did of have a have a look out in the world first. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I'm really um, wary of that with Gus, my son. He loves yeah. farming. Absolutely loves it. He says he wants to be a contractor, actually. He's already um, spoken to Thingy O'Neill. Went out with yeah. him on, on the header and spoke to him about getting a job. And he came in and said, I didn't tell him I was going to set up my business here, though, because I thought he might get a bit worried. <laughs> Out in competition. Yeah. And so he's, set, he's setting oh. up a business here in Twizel and or in, in the Mackenzie and then yeah. also at my parents' town oh, I as like well. It. Yeah. He'll have a, a, a different division up in North Canterbury. Yeah. And, and I think here. he wants to delve into Ashburn and stuff. He's 10, by the way, guys. So, um, <laughs> do you know what? But, it's not great to have a business plan. No, exactly. Um, and it's great that their minds are thinking like that and thinking. But basically, where I was going with that, I always careful to make sure that he doesn't think he has to be a farmer and I, after a conversation with you the other day as well like your youngest she she could be the dead king person to, yeah. to be yeah so yeah, I, exactly. I think who knows um, or, or, but, or none of them you know or none and none and that's mm. and that's what I kind of like about um how Joe's families always discuss the future yeah, yeah. also um there's so many great role models around of the females being on farm and you know it just takes one generation and people have already forgotten that last name yeah and it's like people are so hung up on that tradition of that last name and the male role carrying family yes. farms through but yeah I know several farms that it's that it's changed and you're no longer yeah well you think no, it America only means something to those who have lived their life thinking it means something talk us through the demands of having an Instagram page because it's not easy. It's not easy. There are days that I don't, I give it minimal effort. Yeah. Um, but like, I think the other day I was just like, look, I was up super early. I didn't take any photos of what I cooked. Here's a list. This is what I made. Yeah. And, so it's amazing know, though. Do you ever have a day where you do not show up at all online? Yeah. Do you know, I did, I did a week over Christmas and New Year and I loved oh, it. Yeah. Yeah. Loved it. There will be days on the weekend. I might just pop in and be like, it's Sunday look at the view it's amazing but do you know I think that's more around strategy and the Instagram algorithm and things like that yeah, that you don't want to be absent for too long because you've yeah. got to keep it taking over mm. and but sometimes if you're tired you don't care about Instagram algorithms no. I know I don't I'm just like oh it's crazy but I think I've got I'd like to think I've got efficient so yeah. I'll I'll smash out what I've done in the morning pop up the recipes and then I'll just leave it yeah. be. Also, I'll quite often yeah. add in a couple of videos of what we're up to. Yeah, I yeah. love those. I love those. Did it take a bit of getting used to, you know, mixing the bowl and then taking a photo of it and then putting it in the whatever, in the pan yeah. and taking a photo of that? I just want to go to the bottom of my Instagram and delete probably about the first ever 20 posts. And I was going to do that actually no. in some girls. No, well, yeah, so there's a group of foodies that I, we, we're all in a wee yeah. chat group together and I said that and they're like, no, that's That's, that's the start. journey, that's, that's, oh, the that's the start. Everyone's got to start and it's refreshing for people to see. I remember yeah, um, sure. looking back at Kelly Cove from Augustine's. I can't remember why I looked back. There must have been, I don't know why I would have looked all the way back, but there was a reason for it. And the stuff that you see at the very start, she had like 10 likes and quite average <laughs> yeah. looking photos and it's like, wow, you know, everyone starts somewhere. That's it. The really hard part for me is because I do a lot of my cooking in the dark because it is dark most of the time in the mornings, mm. except for 
in the middle of summer. So it's, it's so hard to take good. It does. Anything looks per- in terrible in the dark. Yeah. yeah. So every now and then I tend to make something during the day and try and photograph it nicely to put I on see. the grid. So you, sure so you now strategically will bake something in the day for Instagram. Yeah. And that's where I really used struggle. to not be like that, but now it is your job. Yeah. It is so, my job, and it's, I do struggle with doing that. And um, it's quite funny because all the other foodies are like, just get a bit more natural light in there. And it's like, you don't realize I've just cooked for seven people all yes. before nine o'clock in the morning. And, yes, whereas um, I guess a lot of the other foodies no are especially cooking for yeah. their platform, yeah. whereas you're actually that's literally it. cooking for others. Yeah. Yeah. But I think that's where people are forgiving also. I think people forgive oh. the that there is flour on the bench and that oh that's um, what makes it watchable yeah. I mean I remember yeah. someone wrote me wrote me a handwritten card after the book was published and there's a picture of me in there and I'm bottling apricot sauce and there's apricot sauce for Africa all over my kitchen bench and she was just like that is my favorite picture in the whole book because yeah that's what that's life real life is. yeah yeah it's real yeah. life and so talk yeah. us through the book yeah so that. Yeah, that was just a random person. I shouldn't say random. Her name is Jenny Helen, and she's a head publisher for a very big. <laughs> so she's um, literally not random. Not random at all. She was random she was, to you. She was random to me, and she just sort of she popped up in my messages one day and, and said, hey, I'm the publisher for this publishing Isn't company. Isn't that exciting when you get those from time to time? Yeah, like big email but thought, oh, this come through? it's like oh this is a hoax or oh what yes. is this about yeah and so I left it for a few days and I researched her a little bit and I was like oh, and so sorry fun. when was it in 2000 and oh what are we now it must have been 2000 and it must have been late 2018 okay and I how many followers did you have then yeah yeah four and a half oh thousand. wow and you've got 25 now 26 26 ish yeah yeah, and yeah. Four and and, a half then wow yeah and she just said I can she said I just love the energy I love the concept I love how real it is and she sort of went look there's not been there's been a few sort of people tell stories for about station life and but it's usually um from the male side mm-hmm. actually um Fiona Redfern did a really great one on the muzzle hers is a good read too yeah um but apart from Fiona and me and there's a few about the lady who owned Castle Hill but never from a food perspective, never about the um, the family. Yeah, like we've got that book. Food. Is it Ben and Sam or Ben and... Yes. Yeah, that's Castle Hill, isn't it? Yeah. 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 That sort of side of things. She was like, look, I think it's time for another story like that to be told. Mm. Um, and then, so that's sort of how it happened. Did your following grow from the book as well? Did that kind of really cement things yeah. like yep I am a big deal kind of thing you know I'm, I'm a porter and I've got I'm an author <laughs> yeah now. I'm an author um <laughs> it was really funny because like, that bloggy group that I was chatting about before they were like uh you don't have that in your bio and I was like what don't, what don't I have in my bio they're like you don't have you're an author and I was like oh, <laughs> do I write that <laughs> <laughs> love it so it's good to have people I'm sure you're in a wee similar business group and it's good to have people to challenge your thoughts like that and awesome um, yeah um that's really good but yeah so it, yeah it took off I don't know what powered each like the it's, yeah. it's incredible um I look at my stats and my highest percentage of followers are in Auckland city really wow yeah yeah and I just think that's people wanting to have a glimpse wanting to yeah. see the unknown and mm-hmm. I love that I love being able to tell 
that story and those positive stories about farming and yeah and, and so that's really cool and then yeah. with the book side of it um yeah it's amazing who's picked it up I think yeah it's very cool yeah. has it been as a growth of your Instagram being a oh do you have a Facebook page no no it's I'm all Instagram I like Instagram oh. for being friendly yes and, and it's just so visual and it feels even though it's not any different yeah. you feel like you're only talking to your audience whereas when yes. you're Facebook you feel like you're talking to your husband's friends and yeah you're right and and so it does Facebook scares me and I will admit that I'm scared of the comments I'm scared of the negativity and for me Instagram is a nice wee safe place yeah yeah and so has it been gradual growth yeah it has it's just ticked away oh there was a massive surge I reckon I remember when um you had slightly less than me and yes, then all right. of a sudden yeah. you just were like about 6,000 oh. more. And I don't know what sort of went there. Yeah, just. I think just, I think it's just what you're saying. You're always posting good quality content. It's interesting. It's relatable. It's engaging. Yeah. The benefit that you have over someone like me on Instagram is I'm selling, I'm blatantly selling yeah. product. Yeah. Whereas yeah. with you, they're, they're not being marketed to. Obviously you do, it has turned into a job and you do your influencing. Yeah, yeah you know it's you want to follow because you are just you're sharing and so you're giving back and so you're giving recipes you don't have to pay for your recipes for example whereas yeah. for mine we give workouts but you also you pay to go on the platform yes yeah. yours is kind of like your community is open yeah it is and when it comes to like any of those ads and getting paid and things like that I'm real careful about what I choose so it still yes. is relatable and is still i choose them for my audience and you really can tell yeah yeah so thank you yeah so that's that's sort of my main aim but yeah. then it's those things that allows me to live this life to you know be there when the kids get home from school and all those wee types mm -hmm. of wee things which yeah. isn't it funny and it gets you out of actually doing the drenching and all that type yeah. of thing <laughs> yeah <laughs> and I think that's the other thing that's also quite good too is that like talking about women's roles on farms and you've got this really great model now of um as you say any female can take on that role but there are those that people that live on farm that just don't want that role. yeah They're and so happy. why because that's all always ah. been my thing I've got my own things that I want to achieve it. in my life ah. my own um my own sense of self-identity just because I married a farmer that doesn't mean I have to then be a farmer yeah and I I really wanted to be at home with my children until they went to school I yeah. um I, I that was one of my goals about wanting to be a parent I wanted to be there and you know the those first what is that thousand days and and all the rest of it and um and so that to me wasn't um you know strapping kids to my back and walking oh we did a lot of that and but we did it to make it work in with our our life I wasn't mm -hmm. It wasn't kids falling asleep in the truck because yeah. we still had three mobs to go or yeah. anything. But some like that. do that and love it and it works for them. You know, everyone's got their oh, different yeah. and that's it. And I think that's where it's great, is that it's um I'm not trying to fit a mold, I'm just telling mm -hmm. my part. And then there yeah. are other people with the kids asleep in the truck doing their part. And then there yeah. are it, yeah. it, it's great. And I think that's where Instagram works so well, is that everyone gets to tell their story. Mm -hmm. So it doesn't look like there's only one perception of yeah. a female like on farm. Yeah. So are there some other pages that you'd recommend yeah, to follow? Rural? Yeah, rural people. 
do you want here in New Zealand, Australia, abroad? Oh, what just it, anywhere. I mean, are there other people telling other sides of the story that you find? Oh, for great? sure. Um, yeah. so there's Megan, which is Grant Farming. She is she's a machine actually she is that one driving the header with the kid with a lunchbox yeah. at his feet um she is the one that she's like you know what I'm not even going to show you my kitchen today because it's not worth Instagram but then yeah. she's also the one that's bottling her fruit because she cares about what goes into her children's bodies that that's mm -hmm. one of her things she likes to know what they're eating um yeah so she's she's a great one to follow um how else do I always oh, sort of on the spot isn't it oh, yeah, I, I found medicine. myself following an American the other day who just shares she's a farmer but I can't remember yeah. what it's called oh I, I love a non-event well I love the ballerina farm she's American and I love five Marys and the thing that I love about those two females is that they call themselves first generation farmers so they're them and their husbands have bought farms so they didn't grow up rurally they yeah. didn't um live a rural lifestyle like she came from silicon valley oh, so wow. um well five marys did so i love those stories because mm -hmm. this is so raw and they're if anything they're probably telling the story better because they're telling it all yes we're, they're, they're not like, assuming oh, you know what docking is and tailing is yes, and, yes. yeah yeah, so they're showing the whole process, and I love that. There's a couple in Australia that I love. I love um, the cattleman's daughter because oh yes, she's... so she's an ambassador for Dedicate Rural, and she's a loving ah. Dedicate. It's so exciting. But you know, like in a like a, a previous self, my early twenty year old self would love to have gone and worked for her and her family. I, yeah. I just that wee bit of adventure and isolation. Yeah, that that sings to me. Um, and then you've got great examples of people wanting to showcase their products. So they're showing that um, gate to plate sort of yes. side of things. Yeah. I can't think of the Australian ones I follow, but then you've got like the Middlehurst girls doing that. And of course, they grew up in the middle of the Archery Valley. Yeah. Um, you've got... We've got Whistle uh, and Pop and Honest Wolf yeah. both, um, on, both oh, supporting yeah. Dedicate Rural and the great and examples of rural example. brands. Yeah, and another example of not like I know both those girls are heavily involved in their day-to-day -day business on farm, but then they've created these these incredible businesses of their own to, you know, to make them feel good, to mm. um continue their growth in themselves. I, I like that. And it does do a lot for the rural sector, I think, and then it it modernizes and it makes it cool. It yeah. makes it desirable. It is, I think um it's because we're so like we've all wanted to live in these places and so we are at the same time wanting to showcase those products and that lifestyle and what a better way to do it than to mm. create something that's going to excite people yeah mm. love um it. I, I love madison coulter do you follow her she rings a bell she's fun she's um lives in a shoebox but has this really great life and it, her uh, her footage is always from the one perception of her kitchen window looking into her kitchen oh, um cool and sort of just her cruising she's an incredible artist I just think um oh yeah she an artist in Australia no here in New Zealand yeah. okay but I think that's where Instagram has done so well it gives people a chance to show wee glimpses of their passions yeah and and in these yeah. cases these girls are um got rural backgrounds and rural lifestyles but then 
just also their take on how it works yeah. for them. Makes oh, our world Jess, smaller. Um, yes, Jess. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, there's there's heaps going on. Yeah, it's really cool. And so what would you say your biggest challenges have been moving yeah. to the farm? Yeah, um, it's those making time to see friends. Mm-hmm. I'm a very social person and, um, you know, when some of your besties live hundreds of kilometres away, it's yeah. that really important making a date, even if it's once a year, mm-hmm. to have a really good catch up, I think think that's something you've got because it gets harder and harder that's what I found you see them a bit at the start and then your life becomes revolved around your children and your community and it's so much harder to see those people that aren't in your community even I've got um, a good friend in Fairley who I never see anymore because it's a different community yeah different circles yeah and um and then I think that's so important to keep in touch with those people because they are part of your story they're part they're they've impacted on how you've got to that spot you are right now mm-hmm. you know I miss, yeah I miss gosh things. seeing seeing and you know you only you can see those people once every five years and it's you just pick oh, up from where you left off it's uh, just so special do. it is so special and you know you laugh like you haven't laughed in years <laughs> and it, it's so yeah. good yeah um what else is challenging about living here um do you know oh, <laughs> you'll laugh like when I taught um, in those in the cities I taught in private schools and there was always an expectation of of what to wear and that so much doesn't it doesn't worry me now but you know there was always something quite nice about getting dressed up mm-hmm. putting on a really nice pair of shoes and back when I had an income that could afford shoes and um and then like nice clothes mm, I you miss it eh? you do and I still have those items in my wardrobe and I and I always make an effort when I go to town now mm-hmm. because yeah. it, it makes you feel good in yourself. And yeah. if you don't wear those things, then what's the point of them being mm. in your wardrobe? But yeah, but I've grown so much from then as well. So I've got I've got a personal thing that I don't buy anything now that isn't made from a sustainable thing. So I only buy cotton or wool or um, a sustainable um you know wood pulp that gets turned into was it rayon or whatever it is but fashion houses amazing yeah that's my that's my new yeah that's very cool yeah yeah the old self would have would have indulged in the fast fashion because you walk past it every day whereas when you're here you you sit back and think about those purchases a little bit more yeah cool and with your values that you're aligning yourself with through your platform and stuff you know those things are, are important and so where do you shop mostly yeah that's a good question I love supporting like those small businesses, but they have got great ideas. So um, I've got a couple of pieces from Jessica Flora lately. Um, there's a we um, a mum and daughter um, partnership down in Southland called the Collaborative Fashion. They do great pieces, but you know, country through and through, I, I shop at Country Road and and yeah. Seed, and um, that that's sort of my thing. Just yeah. can classic yeah and so is a seed and country road not fast fashion (laughs) is that not the same no well they've sort of taken on a country road um for sure have taken on just been a little bit more um thinking about their pieces yeah and that's not something that I purchase a lot of yeah but you've got to you have to wear something you can't cruise around naked so 
Oh, that's it. That's well, you it. could. So, yeah, then I could start a new those. naked, naked what's this <laughs> micro page. Well, Nadia Lim always wanted to do a naked series. Yeah. My, <laughs> no, my sister I, loves a naked gardening. It's her thing. She said it's amazing. But a naked gardening. Oh, yeah, and there's get, a naked gardening day. There's a national day each year. I get dirt under my nails all the time. I'd hate to see where dirt gets. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, like going back to the fashion side of things, like every, you need a T-shirt. So to me, yeah. I'd rather go choose a um a cotton t-shirt from country road that I know that I've supported an Australian cotton farmer. Yes. You know, that, that side of yeah, things. Makes sense. Yeah. yeah. And so any other challenges? Any other challenges? Yes. About living on the farm. Oh, it is that accessibility to mm. you know, like to your health, I suppose, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Like, um, you know, when you leave the gate, some days you're just walking in the same direction or running in the same direction every day, as opposed to, you know, perhaps when you were living I'll just use my own experience living in a city. You meet up with friends and one day you might go to Hackley Park and another day you might go out to mm-hmm. the groins. Another day you would go to the Port Hills and yeah. you sort of had this, you'd, no, you'd meet up with three or four others and have an adventure. Mm-hmm. But sometimes when you're in an isolated area and it's not so much isolated geography, ge- geographically because I know I've got a main road at the end of my gate, but mm-hmm. it's um, you're isolated from friends sometimes. And yeah, and so, how far you are to, yeah. Yeah. So you do, you find yourself walking in the same direction and running in the same direction. And yeah. sometimes that does play havoc with your mental mm-hmm. health. Yeah. yeah. And have you found um, you've had any challenges with your mental health with your through having your Instagram? Like, did that take a bit of adjusting or has it been yeah, fine? Yeah, it did. Yeah, I, I, I did take a lot of things to heart sometimes. And um, I've found that the ones that have a lot to say are the ones that you know. That's okay. what I found hard. Yeah. That I've learned now just to, to um, you know, smile and nod. And that's it's usually just to... their own insecurities that if you're doing something know. that makes them reflect on what am I doing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and that's, that's it. What about some advice for there's someone out there who has just moved back, moved onto a farm? Yeah. I don't know. I mean, there's all sorts. They could have just moved on a farm, yeah, but it's... they grew up on a farm. They could be from the city. They could be like me and not sure you know like I was where they stand you know they don't identify with well I mean I love being on a farm but I always felt like I've I've got a lot to give the world and it's it's not farming so yeah, yeah. sure I mean it's my a big thing question, would be but... is just to get amongst it so mm-hmm. if you're a, a sporty person join a sports club so like there's no hockey up here for me but but there's social netball there's touch yeah. there's wash so if you just get, choose a different sport. Do those um, things that make you feel like you, that, that your yes, things. Yeah. yeah. And um, my other one would be join a committee. So it doesn't matter what it is. Um, jump on a committee, but not only so you get to know people, but you're learning your skill. And mm-hmm. that's one thing that I never thought I would take out of a committee. I mean, you take on a secretarial role or just even knowing how a committee works and those, or if you take on a treasury role, all those sorts of things then come in super handy as a new mm. skill. And I think you have to always be learning. Yeah. So um, that to me just filled a knowledge gap. And mm-hmm. now I can use those processes when helping Joe with any of the books or. Yeah. That's and that's great. actually some, something that, um, that I often think about is how important 
a lot of those women in traditional farming roles are, even my age, who are doing the books for their husbands and, or for, not just for their husbands, for them yeah. as well, yeah, yeah. and um, yeah. cooking for the farmers. A lot of them are on, are on committees and are holding our rural communities up. That's and, it. And that's yeah. where if you are moving to a rural community and you want to feel that passion and that support that you know communities can have, you've got to be a part of it. Yeah. And um, you, you can't complain about not having something if you don't go yeah. and support it. And so um, I think that's that's huge. But going back to your saying about, you know, you sort of stopped yourself when you see doing your husband's books. Mm. Um, I... I know what you're saying because I see how hard my other half works on a daily basis that if I can take one thing away from his task load, then um, I want to do that. So that, if that means that we can sit down with a drink at 7.30 on a Thursday night or whatever, then by me, I'll say doing the husband's books. If that means that we can actually have quality time together, then I yeah. will. So yeah. I totally get what you were saying because you're just wanting to take a task off the other half. But actually. it's also why I sort of retract as I was like, hold on a minute. Yes, it's your husband's books, but if you're a partnership, then yeah. actually you're the person in chat. You're not doing the books for your husband. You are no, you're not. doing you're your doing part the- of the partnership. Yeah. For sure. But I think for many, it does feel like they're doing their husband's books yeah. rather than doing and it's funny Your to own say business that. and then yeah. Yeah. yeah I think Joe and I are a little bit well I'd hope to think we're not too different to most other rural couples but um we we are a partnership and yeah. and like saying that obviously Mark makes his own lunch and things like that but we've got the deal in our house that if you cook dinner you don't do the dishes I know so many people who's um who will do both those roles mm. and like, yeah no or um, if, and while one is doing the dishes, the other one is bathing the kids or getting yeah. them into the dummies or putting them into their bed. You know, yeah. there's no, that's not, that's not all my role because. Yeah. So then the for some women, them. it's tough. Like they, yes. how do yes. they get their other half to pitch in? And if yeah. they're feeling not worthy themselves, like if they're feeling like, well, you're earning the money, this is what I have to yeah. do. And I like, think it's a hard one. Yeah. It is a hard one, but I think if you want your relationship to still be that fun, sexy, happy relationship that you were when you were dating leading into your partnership or marriage or whatever it is and then children, mm-hmm. if you still want that, then you've, you've got to make time for it. So if you're doing the dinner, washing the dishes, putting the kids to bed, you're not going to be that person mm-hmm. when you finally get time to stop. No. But if you, if you share those roles, then you can both sit down or yeah. sit outside with a glass of wine at eight o'clock at night and feel semi-normal mm-hmm. or, um, you know, do some exercise together or something. Yeah. Um, and what I've learned is um, it can be as simple as just saying, hey, can you please help me with the kids? Can you please dry oh, the dishes? And we can get ourselves. They yeah. don't know to ask. No, they don't. And we can get ourselves worked up thinking, oh, why don't they should just do it? Rah, rah, rah. But they don't think about it. They're in their own worlds. The they are. Business. And it's such a boy little <laughs> thing that, and I say that as in I've got a husband as a, as a partner. I'm sure there's some same-sex relationships, but they just don't know to, um, to they don't show initiative when it comes to those sorts of things. Yeah. And, and quite often. And if you um, can get away with not doing it, why? why? <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly it. No, why I remember would you offer? Night, the girls are really young and, 
I remember being in tears at about nine o'clock at night one night after doing all those things, said things, dinner, dishes, bath, kids. Mm. And then I think I was folding the washing and I was like, you know, you could help. And yeah. He's like, and he goes, oh, I thought you enjoyed doing that. And I was like, whoa, okay, <laughs> let's just talk about this. He's like, but you enjoy being busy. And I was like, I love being busy. I don't like folding washing. <laughs> <laughs> love it. And yeah, you know, communication. Yeah, it is. You know, um, quite often if I sit down to fold washing and you're watching something on telly, Joe will pull the basket towards him and he'll help. And, you know, that's that job done. And then mm-hmm. um, it's, it's, it's good. I really believe in keeping that spark alive in your relationship. And one yeah. way to do that is to find time. Because if you're doing it all, you're too tired. Yeah. 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 No, you're right. You are right. Awesome. Yeah. This has been really awesome. I've just looked at time. I'm like, oh, cool. We can probably um, start wrapping this up. Yeah. <laughs> There's so much more we could talk about, but. Um... Yeah. Do you know, actually, one thing, if I could add it in, it's just say yeah. that um, there'll be ones that have got young children listening to this, mm-hmm. listening to your eye, who have got businesses that are on the up, who, um, and, and thinking, you know, God, I want that too. Mm. And I just want to say, no enjoy enjoy those kids they're they're young enjoy just getting them started in life yeah because if you try and do it all um it's not enjoyable no you'll and if you're thinking I know I just want to um you know get amongst it or start an Instagram lifestyle and conquer the world or whatever I don't know about you but I've just sent Evelyn off to school. You've just sent your youngest off to school as well. And I just look back and think, where did that time go? It went yeah, so fast. It does. It vanishes. But when oh. you are in it, it does yeah. not feel like that. And It doesn't, no. Yeah, there might be some out there who just have this massive, massive desire to do something. And that's totally yeah. awesome. Do it. But My thing is be, just we're just warning you that, yeah, just yeah. it will, you, it won't be, they won't be young yeah. forever. And it no. will be challenging doing both. And you'll yes. sit down at night and go, why am I doing both sometimes? Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah, just do what feels right for you. And just all those ideas, all those ideas that you've got, just write them, journal them down, funnel them in the right direction, make a start, mm-hmm. but, but don't feel like you need to conquer the world. Yeah, well, take each day. Yeah. yeah, yeah, no, 100%. I'm just still interested in the concept of of a farmer's wife so if anyone wants to i think could you maybe do a poll on your instagram once this has gone out and say what does a farmer's wife mean to you because i bet it means different things to different people and i it was quite cool exploring that and going actually the reason it came about was because it is a job it is a job yeah and i and i think if i add one more thing onto it it'd be like are you proud to call yourself a farmer's mm. wife yeah. or a farmer's partner? Mm-hmm. Um, because I think, yeah, if, if you can write down farmer confidently mm. next to occupation, then I think, yeah, they, mm. you know, you're worth. Yeah. Whereas, I mean, I wouldn't put farmer as my occupation, but I could put farmer's wife because yeah, I guess I'm a farmer's wife, but I'm not the farmer's wife in terms of the occupation of a farmer's wife. So there's another angle. Yeah, I'm a farmer's um, wife, but I mean, I still play a support role. I yeah. still pick up drench. I still am there to support him, but yeah. I guess I'm not doing as many of 
the roles as a lot of farmers wives do anyway it's a it's a web so it'd be cool to um hear what people um yeah have to have to say about that it's a lot easier writing that than I don't actually know what the rest of my job title is so yes exactly but I bet I wonder if you're like me to influence or you don't write that down no no that's the thing I bet you're the same I'll meet someone and they say oh what do you do in Twizel and I say oh my husband's a farmer yeah I, don't say, I do oh, I think I've got a I think I I think business. I no I think I'm better than that yeah I, I say we farm we farm yeah you need yeah. to say that you need to make it a oh yeah maybe I sometimes do but I do, where, where I'm going with that is it's what do we do in Twizel I don't say I've got a business yeah unless it sort of comes along later in the conversation but no, it's, you should you're very good at projecting things and you're good at speaking to yourself in the mirror and self-confirmation. You need to do that and say, you know, we are farmers and I own my own business. Yeah, but you feel like a dick sometimes. You yeah, like dick. you do. So, <laughs> <laughs> so I might just stick with, with what I've been doing for now. Yeah, yeah, that's a funny one. That, yeah. I reckon that would be interesting. Does anyone else feel awkward talking about it? Yeah. About the, the role? Yeah. Yeah. Love it. Hey, thank you so much for your time. And thank you for um, for being a, you've been a Dedicate member for how long now? Oh, do you know, my number is 72. What's the late on my cat? Oh, 72. Well, a lot yeah. of people haven't been claiming them because we used to send them out, yeah. but it just got way too much in admin. So we used to keep track. It was like the big job on Monday was keeping the Figuring Excel and seeing because there's no other way to see. Um, yeah because without going through each person and checking um so we used to send them out when people hit a year but now we let people know that they can get in touch with us when they've been a member to get their caps so it's been a lot more so a lot of people haven't claimed so if you're listening you've been a dedicated member for a year we have a white cap for everyone it's 400 and something but we're only going to go to 500 yeah yeah but there are a lot more than that that have been on for a year but they just haven't claimed so claim it guys before it runs out um, but yeah, so you were a paying dedicated member for a good couple of years, and then I've ah. been giving you your membership for a couple of years. Is that about right? That is right. Yeah, I reckon yeah. we would be at, nearly at four years. Got to be. It was. I remember because we posted this beautiful photo of you in that yellow dress. Yeah. For that wedding, yeah. and you were just yeah. glowing. Yeah, and the kids were little then, so yeah, mm. it was. That was. Gosh, I know. I reckon it's about big... this time of year. It was. So you it must have been on. Yeah. Yeah. Must have been and on I, for a good few months before that. Definitely. Six months, yeah. Yes. Yeah, I did like the worst thing possible. I bought a dress and then worked myself into it. Yeah, it's but it was good. It was good. It's motivation. good once you achieve it, it's good motivation, but it's not something we would tell people no, to definitely not do. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but do you know, I think a lot of people do it and have done it. And have had positive experiences with it and have had a negative. I've had both. And being realistic in, it's not like, I think I went, I think I bought a dress this uh, one size down. I think if you were Yes, and maybe it was just, maybe you could do it up still, but it didn't fit yeah. as well as you would love That's it That's exactly it. Yeah. yeah. And it also, were you going to wear extra strength spanks or just normal spanks? <laughs> oh, what we do. Tragic. <laughs> Um, <laughs> talking about those sexy moments yeah, and getting home from a wedding after a few wines and remembering that that's what it looks like underneath <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, we're so excited about Dedicate Rural as well. So thank you so much for coming on as an ambassador. I knew you would, which is really nice feeling. So um, thank you. Um, thank you for yeah. asking. We're so excited and have had so much great feedback already. Um, How cool is that? Yeah. It's really cool. So um, yeah, thank you for that. And thank you for your time today. And well done thank on you. all you've achieved. Thank you. And you. We'd be proud of you too. Thank you. Love it. Well, thanks so much, Pip. Have a great rest of your day and we will talk soon. Sounds good. See you. Bye. Thanks so much for listening to the Dedicate podcast. If you enjoyed that episode, please tell your friends and hit subscribe. We really appreciate your support. If you missed them, some goodies you'll enjoy are from this season, Kate and Anna, our motherhood stories. From season two, Tony Street, grief, love, illness, and everything in between. And season one, Emma Heafy, from the corporate world to motherhood. Emma is also a farmer's wife. Dedicate is the online health and fitness community for rural and real women, mums, and those who love a down-to-earth approach to fitness. Our newest challenge, Dedicate Rural, starts on Monday the 21st of March. A trans-Tasman community of like-minded women, all exercising for their physical and mental health to feel great and be confident. Find out more and get your seven-day free trial at kateirvyfitness.com slash dedicate slash rural. Um, the link will be in our show notes. Um, and also check out our one-year member deal, which saves you $234 compared to the weekly option. Have a great day, guys. See you next time.